Hey, everybody. Welcome to What's It Like podcast with Stacy and Emily. I'm Stacy, And I'm Emily. Welcome back. We have a fun one today. We do. Matt mm-hmm. Lewis. I might say coach. that every week, P.S. <laughs> you just say that every week. <laughs> but I actually, I mean it. So far, these have been really fun to they do. They are really fun. Okay, back to you. So Matt Lewis is the head coach of UW Oshkosh men's basketball. And the team has had some awesome success in the last several years. And we were thrilled to have Matt here to talk about it. He's such a great guy. Yeah, it's a D3 school, but they won the national championship yeah. last year. It's it was really exciting. Amazing. And the cool part is he was just such a down-to-earth, normal guy. Yes, for sure. And he um, he's super likable. He's very humble. And he you can just tell he cares so much about the program, which was really cool to hear about yeah for real endearing to the program endearing to him as a human being too yeah so, for sure really fun so uw oshkosh titans national champs he's a cool guy i played basketball growing up did you play sports growing up um i was a tennis player and a cheerleader which many um, would cheerleading argue cheerleading is not a sport but i would say it is <laughs> i mean i probably could not have done it so um i gotta tell you i played basketball at my catholic grade school and one of my teammates brothers was our coach and he was like an 18 year old kid yeah and he named our plays like um miller light words <laughs> like taste great less filling miller miller light those were the name of our plays as a fifth grade basketball team Guarantee what would you guys had no idea what the reference was oh no, but i'm like how did the parents let him get away with that i have no idea that's hysterical yeah so anyway i have an affinity for basketball as i've mentioned on here before i love the nba so yeah, you guys are big nba fans yeah just love watching basketball though my daughter has started playing high school volleyball and that's really fun to watch Yeah, for sure volleyball games are fun i don't particularly like watching basketball on tv you don't I don't. I like mm. watching it in person, though, especially if you know people playing. Sure. I'm sorry for you. I know. Because it's a fun pastime. I don't get it. But no, that's great. Um, one thing I do want to mention to everybody uh, is that there is a big fundraiser for the Titans coming up that Matt told us about. It's their uh, men's basketball steak fry uh, October 12th. And it's a fundraiser. These fundraisers are really important, as you're, you will hear in the podcast, because as a Division three school, there are many things that they have to raise money for in terms of coaching staff and in terms of travel for the team, um, you yeah. know, that division one and two teams don't have to worry about. So mm-hmm. get out there and support the Titans. Go to the games. Yeah, for sure. Really fun to have such a world-class team right in our backyard. Absolutely. We think you'll love Matt as much as we did. So enjoy. Thanks, guys. So hi, Matt. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you. I, I appreciate it. I always like coming and talking about our program, and so I appreciate the opportunity. For sure. Well, we are excited to have you on because we, I don't know, I don't know if everyone understands how cool it is that we've got such an awesome basketball cro- program in this community and one that's made headlines nationally. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, so as we said, you're a national champion. You're a national <laughs> champion coach. That's a really big deal. And wasn't that your first year of coaching, head coach? Yeah, that was my first year as the head coach. Oh, um, so it, it was an incredible ride. That's insane. Is oh. it kind of like a president of the United States who gets to inherit the country on an upswing because <laughs> it was going it was going pretty good before leading up a couple of years, right? So it just, was. Yeah. How great. So much better than you inheriting a team that's like, you know, on yeah. downswing. The opposite. Yeah. yeah. And that's something that um, when I took over, you know, last spring, I've been in Oshkosh for seven years. And yeah. so I, I was a part of kind of this rebuild process. But mm-hmm. when it was handed over to me uh, a year ago, the head coach, the previous head coach was kind of joking, you know, all right, don't screw this yeah, up. That's right. So I would complain about some small things over the summer and, and I'd call him up and complain and he'd go, 
Matt, every coach in the country would trade teams with you. Uh, like, yeah. yeah, I should quit complaining. Okay. Yes. <laughs> and your previous coach was, I always pronounce his name wrong. Is it Yuckum or yep. Yuck. I say Yuckum, but okay. some people say Yuckum. Yeah. Um, he Yuckum? says it different about every other day. Oh, he so. does. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's the nobody really knows, but Yuckum was okay, probably yeah, most. Okay, so Coach really Pat Yuckum yep. was head coach for how many years? Yeah, he got okay. hired in June 2012. Okay, um, and then I joined him that summer. Okay, and then did he, he recruit you as that? Uh, yeah, I was. I had moved to, to Nina. My whole family lives in Nina now. Um, okay. Mom, brother, um, sister-in-law. I've got three nieces up there. Okay, um, so I moved back here. Um, I, I always say back, but I'm originally not from Wisconsin. Yeah. So I moved to Wisconsin in 2012 to be near them. I was okay. here for about two weeks, and then Pat called me, and uh, he had found out I was in the area and said, hey, do you want to come work at Oshkosh? Um, and wow. so it just kind of worked out really well. Did you have a relationship with him before that? or? Yeah, so I stumbled yeah. kind of into the same coaching tree. In, in basketball, you, you get latched on to, to different coaches and hmm, common okay. connections, and I'm sure it's you know like that in most fields, but... Um, my college coach for my first four years, I was a five-year guy, and for my first four years, his name was Mike DeGeorge. Okay. Um, and Mike was actually an assistant coach at Lawrence University in Appleton. Is that okay. where you played? I did not. Oh. Um, I played at Cornell, but when oh. Mike was at Lawrence, Pat was a player at Lawrence. Got so it. So Mike and Pat were um, you know, coach-player. Yeah. And so when I was moving to Wisconsin, Mike called up Pat and said, hey, Matt's in the area and wants to coach. And so okay. that was the connection. Got it. So I hear Cornell College, and I think the one out in the East Coast. Yep. Which one were you at? <laughs> That's kind uh, the of other Ivy one. League, right? We, where? Yeah. <laughs> where there, where's the other where's one? That? It's so it's you have Cornell University is the the Ivy League. Cornell. Okay. Um, and then I was Cornell College in Mount Vernon, Iowa, which is okay. um, at the time we were Iowa Conference, and I played yeah. basketball there. And so you're with a bunch of small private liberal arts schools in yeah, Iowa. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's with, you know, everybody knows Ripon, Lawrence, Beloit, St. Norbert. Oh, yes. um, it's in that league now. So. Oh, okay. I grew yeah. up in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, actually. So really? like, did you play Luther College yeah. and things like Yeah. Yep. Okay. So I am embarrassed that I mm-hmm. didn't immediately know what's college you're yeah. talking Cornell. about because you're very close yeah. to Cedar Rapids. Now, did you graduate from high school in Cornell? Yeah. In, okay. uh, oh, um, in Cedar Rapids. Yeah, Cedar Rapids, was... Washington High School. Okay. Yeah. The uh, Washington High School coach was my uh, college assistant coach. The what current, was his name? Uh, the current one is Justin Decker. Okay. Um, I graduated in 95, yeah, yeah, so he wasn't part of that scene that. then. But yeah. yeah, that's cool. <laughs> he's probably so, not born yet in 95. He's right. probably when he, young. Uh, yeah. Uh, he's a younger guy. But. So at the collegiate level, it sounds like it gets to be, you just know everyone. or you. It's a kind of a smaller group, tight-knit mm-hmm. group of people when you're at that level in terms of who you know and who knows who and yeah absolutely it it is a, a small business when you start talking about really? you know the finite numbers of, of colleges and universities in the country and, mm-hmm. um, and then it you know division three not every place has as big a staff so you you know there are a little over 400 division three schools and so you have 400 really? ish you know head coaches right. and then mm-hmm. You know, not all those schools are going to have full time assistants. Okay. Uh, we're fortunate yeah. to have a full time assistant, but um, you know there are schools in Wisconsin that don't. So the number of, yeah. of college basketball coaches mm. at our level isn't that many. Yeah, um, Division One has bigger coaching staffs. Division Two is somewhere in the middle usually. Okay, yeah. so you graduated from Cornell. Yep, and immediately moved up here. No, I um, <laughs> I kind of got a crazy story. So I. Uh, awesome. I went Cornell is one course at a time, and so you oh. take you take a class. 
Monday to Friday for three straight weeks, and then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of the fourth week. And so 18 <laughs> days, you're only taking one class. So wow. like if you're familiar with the, the state system in Wisconsin, it's, it's kind of like January term, yeah. the yeah. J terms that go on. Interim uh, class where you're intense yep. for a few weeks. Yeah. Yep. And so we just did that for nine classes a year. Was like, the, the That's the only way they do classes there. That's the only way you do it. That actually sounds that. kind of awesome. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. What it allowed me to do is have flexibility. I was a fifth-year uh, student because I got an injury um, okay. and, and redshirted a year. But in my fifth year, I didn't need a ton of credit. So yeah. um, in the spring, I took two of those blocks off. So I just didn't go to class in mm-hmm. April and May. Okay. And so I moved uh, to Charleston, South Carolina for, okay. um, I had worked awesome. some camps at this place called the Citadel okay. uh, in Charleston. And they invited me back the next spring to mm-hmm. do spring of my fifth year to do a coaching internship. Okay. Oh, cool. Moved to Charleston. I was there a few weeks. Um, I was walking out the door to go grab dinner. And the assistant coach that had brought me down goes, hey, what are you up to? I said, well, I'm going to go grab dinner with some friends I had made. He goes, how long are you going to be gone? Uh, I don't know, an hour or two. He goes, well, don't be too long. Uh, we're moving to New Orleans in the morning. I said, okay. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and so what? I go, well, what, is, what does that mean for me? Yeah, and he goes, right. I guess, because uh, I was just, I was volunteering. He goes, well, throw your suitcase in the car and let's go. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Um, Were they at least providing you lodging there? I, I lived in, in Charleston. I lived on the team room couch um, when we moved oh, into New Orleans. Yeah, in New Orleans. Uh, you know, I was a, a 23-year-old kid. Um, they moved at Division One. When you're moving from one spot to the next, they just put you up in a hotel. Okay. But they weren't going to put the volunteer up in a room, so sure. I slept on the floor of a hotel in oh downtown New Orleans for about two months. Um, wow. Yeah. And you're not a small guy, Matt. If no, you... but it, there was a little corner on okay. you. It was a corner. Oh my gosh. So, um, what was your major in college? Uh, I was economics and business. Was okay. the kind of the business degree, yeah. and then I also had a history major. Okay. So okay. So was coaching on your radar, or was that like a? Yeah, that was always my dream was to be college coach. Okay. Um, okay. About halfway through, my parents were farmers, and then they switched into insurance, um, and that's what mom does mm-hmm. in Oshkosh now. She's a state farm agent okay. on Witzel. Um, so about halfway through college, I went, well, maybe I should just sell insurance because that's what everybody else does. Yeah. And then uh, I, I realized after about a year of exploring that, like I'm not an insurance salesman. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> let's go coach college basketball. Perfect. Yeah. So. so you must have grown up playing. I did. Right? Yeah. yeah. Were you like traveling teams, always growing up, all the stuff? Yeah. We, I was in a very, very small town. Yeah. Um, okay. You know, we had a town of 500 and tiny little schools. And so you played – variety of sports year round um there weren't as many opportunities you know i'm I'm getting fairly familiar with wisconsin and the different basketball clubs and and things that kids have available to them they could you could play basketball as a fourth grader year round here absolutely where i was we just yeah we played everything yeah Um, Mm -hmm. just because that's what there wasn't you know great basketball for us in the summer so you went and played baseball which i actually kind of like personally i feel like that's so great. Our kiddos, my daughter played traveling basketball all in elementary school, and middle school, and she's like over it by the time she got to high school. And I'm like, oh, dang it. I, I was just starting to get like it when I got to right. high school. And so basketball in high school for me was a blast. Oh. She was like, she didn't even play her freshman year of high school because she's just done with it. So whatever. Oh. Obviously, when you're be- she wasn't going to become a professional, so it doesn't really matter. And sure. yeah. if you have it in you to be at that level, you probably want to play all year long. Yeah. But... It's I think crazy. there's a balance. Like you got to find a balance in it. If, right. You know, if a kid really loves it and, and wants to play it more and more and more, like no, I don't have kids yet, but mm-hmm. if your kid wants to do something and he loves it mm-hmm. or she loves it, let him do it. Right. Um, yeah. But if you're 
pushing them into playing year well, round. Yeah, it's got to come thing. from something so. internal in the kid. If you're going to commit that that many resources, yep. both time and money to play year round that it costs these families. I yeah. feel like it's got to come from the kid. That's yep. how I feel at least. Yep. Yeah. But. Well, and I mean, you can tell the difference when you're sitting on the bed <laughs> as a parent, you know, you can tell, Oh, that kid's doing cause their parent is forcing them to do it, yep. you know, and the parent is trying to live their dream that they didn't get to live out. Mm-hmm. That doesn't work very well, but anyway, the, this is a side note, but as you're sitting here saying you're from a smaller town and kind of Southern Illinois, yep. do you, is it near Galesburg? My mom grew up in Galesburg. Because a bunch of my family's from Galesburg. <laughs> okay. I, it's not that big of a town. No. Um, I it's wonder if smaller. we're related. <laughs> oh, shoot. Um, <laughs> we'll have to talk about that offline. Yeah. Yeah. Galesburg. Yeah. We're Midwestern whole family. Okay. Sure. I'm related. Midwestern it's a bunch of Johnsons. Okay. Which that's. I'll have to ask my mom. Yeah. I, I didn't spend much time in Galesburg. <laughs> okay. So. Okay. So you grew up playing basketball. And you now you're in New play? Orleans and yeah. in a hotel room for yeah. how long? In a hotel room in New Orleans for about two months. Um, so this helped. was the summer after your fifth year. Yeah, this Got is it. 2010. Okay. And so um, they kicked us out of the hotel room because it was time for people to have, you know, apartments and houses and whatnot. And, yep. Uh, so some of the assistants still hadn't found places. You know, they're transitioning their families. So we wound up wow. living with uh, Miss Linda was her name. This okay. um, kind of supporter of the, the athletic department at Tulane. And okay. so three of us moved in with her um, kind of in that summer, mid to late summer of 2010, I hadn't been offered a job at Tulane. And my college coach at the time, Mike DeGeorge, I referenced earlier, um, he had just taken a job at Rhodes College in Memphis. Okay. And so Mike said, hey, do you want to come uh, work for me in Rhodes? And I said, yeah, sure, let's do it. And so I moved to Memphis. Um, I convinced wow. one of my college teammates to go with me. He and I got a, an apartment, signed a lease. Parents moved everything down for us to Memphis. Um, and about six weeks later, Tulane called and offered me a full-time job back in New Orleans. Oh, so oh I, my gosh. I found out on a, uh, on a Tuesday night at 11 o'clock that I was getting the job. And I walked in and had to resign on Wednesday morning. Ooh. And I drove to New Orleans on Wednesday. Oh, shoot. Uh, so was, your, was your roommate a little TO'd? <laughs> yeah. he, was, he probably wasn't the most happy, yeah. but it worked out for him. He, he, <laughs> okay, he found his wife at Rhodes. Oh, and, right. um, so it, it happy ended up for being, him too. Yeah. And then I spent, uh, ended up spending two years in, at Tulane in okay. New Orleans. Um, I met uh, my girlfriend, um, who then became my fiance, and then we just got married. Uh, she was at Rice in Houston. Okay. And so Tulane and Rice are in the same conference where they were. Oh, okay. And they played against each other. So that's how we, we met. What was um, her role I mean, in like- basketball? She was the director of operations, okay. and that's the same thing I was at Tulane. Okay. And so the director of ops, um, every Division One program has one or, or most do, and they just handle a lot of the administrative side of things. So okay. um, mm. the, the team travel, the, a lot of the academic stuff, some of the budget stuff, okay. summer oh. camps. This is specific um, to basketball. This is, most Division One programs are going to have it. Basketballs, okay. football, some baseball programs, okay. some of the smaller sports aren't going to necessarily have that position. Okay. But it's kind of it's it's a full time position and it's your your foot in the door type okay. deal. It's okay. not not truly coaching though. Okay. And so after two years, I was like, I, I want to go coach. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't want to be a, a business person. You're around yeah. the program, but you're not doing what you really want to yeah. do. Yeah. You're not on the court. You're, it's not yeah. basketball day to day. Sure. So. I'm just curious what Tulane is like. I have a friend whose daughter went there for a little while, and she's from and this young lady's from Minnesota, and she just. She ended up transferring back to University of Minnesota because okay. it just felt like the people were just so different from what yep. she was used to. So what's your two cents <laughs> on Tulane and the Southern feel? Yeah. Um, I love the South. Okay. Uh, I, the, the weather and I mean, it's, it's 
Um, but I also, I, I think I'm fairly adaptable. Like you could, you could drop me anywhere. I'm probably going to find a way to enjoy it. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> New Orleans is on, I've had the, the good fortune of traveling a lot, okay. um, foreign, um, domestic. Mm. Like I've seen quite a few places. Yep. New Orleans is unlike anything I've ever seen. Okay. Um, yeah. It just feels like you're, you're in a different world. Totally. Um, and Tulane is, is a world-class institution. Mm-hmm. And, okay. Um, so you've kind of got this blend of, you know, you're on this campus and you've got students from all over the world mm-hmm. um, and an, an incredible place. And then you've got this city that's just a constant energy buzz. Yeah. Melting was, pot as well, yeah. New Orleans is. Yeah. so Always something to do in that town. Okay. Um, great place to live for a few years in your 20s. Yep. Um, uh, yeah. The people that live there for their entire lives. Um they're impressive because yeah. <laughs> so maybe you're Different not you're kind of person you're thinking maybe not so much to raise my family in but fun to live in yep. yeah if you're um if you're gonna live there you probably there's this place north of the lake that got national news um for for an unfortunate reason last week um mm. but mandeville louisiana mm, i haven't um, heard about it what happened the they, there was a shooting an officer oh. was killed there unfortunately mm. but oh, that's awful. um there's right um New Orleans, if you know the history, kind of a, a Hurricane Katrina right. destroyed New Orleans in 2005. But the the thing that flooded the the city was actually Lake Pontchartrain, right. um, which is kind of like um, you know Lake Butamore or Lake Winnebago, just mm-hmm. this massive lake. Yeah, north of the lake is is the area that you'd probably want to raise a family. It's okay. it's kind of got okay. an Oshkosh feel to it. Okay, got so. it. Hmm. But you were young and single. And hanging so I, I, I lived with Miss Linda, a sixty-something-year-old uh, woman. Um, that's she was awesome. She was. So she great. came up to my wedding uh, a couple oh weeks gosh, ago. That's so awesome. I hadn't seen her since I, I left her house in 2012, and yeah. she flew up for the wedding. So, so you so met your girlfriend, and then you moved up. So is that when you then came back to Nina? Yeah, I moved here in 2012. Um, did she come with you? She did not that first year. She stayed at Rice for another year, okay. and then uh, Pat. Uh, Yuckum being the, the um, guy is, the quality guy is, he uh, connected her to the Dean of Admissions at Lawrence University in Appleton. Oh, awesome. um, they bumped into each other at the College World Series in Appleton, and uh, the Galen and the, the Dean uh, hit it off on the interview, and, and so Galen moved up in 2013 and has been living up here the last six years. Wow. Um, so she of, has a job at Lawrence? Yep, works okay. at Lawrence. We live in Appleton because uh, it's close mm-hmm. for her. Mm-hmm. Um, we spent three years in, in Oshkosh, but okay. she's from Florida and Texas and having her drive in the winter uh, ah, isn't, yeah. isn't the most <laughs> ideal yes. thing. Oh my gosh, that's so, awesome. I don't know how to do that, right? Yeah. How is she surviving the winters? Um, yeah. The first one was, she was up here and it was uh, 13, 14, and the, it was the polar vortex yes, year. Yes, and that's so, when we were first, that's when my husband and I were interviewing in Oshkosh to move okay. here. And I was like, uh-uh. oh yeah. no. Really? Yeah. She uh, she had never really seen snow, um, oh, and I remember driving across the state, going recruiting, um, you know, on, on a on a Thursday or Friday night, and the thermometer in my car said minus eleven. Mm-hmm. Like this girl's gonna leave me. <laughs> yep, for sure. <laughs> she thought you were cool. She obviously loves yeah. you a lot, Matt, to no. stick that out. Yeah, it's, totally. it's worked out very very well. That's yeah. fortunate. So you so. guys just got married a few weeks ago. Yep, September seventh. Where so, was the ceremony? Um, my mom and dad live on uh, Lake Winnebago and Nina. Cool. And so we got married around the lake Aww. at their um, house. At their house. Awesome. And uh, dad, um, they've got a small house and they had a little bit of land across the street, and okay. so they built a garage, and that's where the reception was. Aww. Oh my gosh, fun! Um, so it was all it was family wedding. Yeah, with that's 130 awesome. people. With 130 <laughs> people. Oh, did did the that's weather nice. cooperate? Yeah, and... yeah, it was perfect. Mm, oh awesome. my gosh! Congratulations! Thank so you. you're yeah. newlywed. Did yep. you guys get to take a honeymoon? No, 
No, okay. we were. I was back in the office at eight a.m. on Monday, oh, and uh, boo. she had she had move-in day for Lawrence, which she works okay. in admissions. Okay, and Lawrence is a um, again a, a high academic place, and mm-hmm. they draw kids from all over. And yeah. she recruits kids from the West Coast and the South and international. And mm-hmm. so that that move-in day is a big day for her because sure. she gets to meet all these kids she's been recruiting. Yeah, yep. So she wanted to be at that. Um, what kind we'll of kid, do, what, what do they do? Like, what's Lawrence's draw? Um, music? I haven't met my music. Yeah, they, they've got some niches. It's, it's a yeah. liberal arts school, okay. um, but it, they've got a, a huge conservatory, uh, mm-hmm. music conservatory, and so they've kind of got two things going on. They've got the liberal arts and the music conservatory, and yeah. so they're able to draw a variety of things. It's in a cool um, spot, right downtown and then right yeah, on the river. Yeah, downtown Appleton's yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. And, that's great. Um, it's she, a pretty she really penny to go it. there. Yeah. It is. Um, that's one of the things she's got to uh, debunk a little bit too. Like, yeah, sure. You, you know, once you package everything together, it's not that expensive. Like, there's totally there's well, some ways to afford it. When I started taking my kids to college fairs, it was like all those small liberal arts schools have the best recruiters. By the end of the time, my kids were like, "I'm going to a state school. I don't want to go to a small school." Which my daughter is at a big state school, so it didn't end up this way. <laughs> but at the end of uh, the fair, they were like, "I want to go to Viterbo. I want to go to Lawrence because they just like." convince you like we'll figure out a good package for you and so no. but they do right i mean they kind of yeah. they figure it out that's it their those smaller schools their lifeblood is making yeah. sure they've got enough students and yeah. so they mm-hmm. their admissions counselors have to be incredibly good at their jobs to fill seats every year totally mm-hmm. um, and some have bigger endowments and and you know sure. they, they've got a little safety net but some like if they if they miss out on 35, 40 kids a year, that's a big number that's for that okay. school. Totally. So. Yeah, for sure. Well, and they must have to be a little bit of wizards to figure out how to make enough money to make the place stay <laughs> open, but not so expensive yeah. that people can't come. Right. So. Yeah. That's, that's tricky. Fortunately, I'm just a basketball coach, and that's, that's above, my, that's above, above my pay grade, <laughs> fortunately. So. so getting back to the basketball, you were yeah. assistant coach at UWO under Pat for how many years? Uh, six years. Okay. Um, so 2012 to spring of 2018. Okay. Was that a good fit for you? Did you like it? Yeah, it, it was incredible. Um, when I left Tulane, it had been Tulane had been an awesome experience. And was that as an assistant coach? That was the director of ops. Yeah. Oh, that um, was director of ops. Yeah. My bad. Is no, that why good. you left? To because you wanted to coach. I wanted to coach, um, but I also was like, it just wasn't. I played Division three, mm-hmm. loved Division three, and some of the things that it's about. Um, and after two years at, at D one, uh, it just wasn't who I was, and mm. so I. I considered, you know, some crazy things like moving back to Charleston, moving mm-hmm. to the Virgin Islands and just kind of living a life. And, um, yeah. and then I moved back here to try and sort things out. And yeah. Pat called me. Um, mm-hmm. and, and after a year with Pat, I was like, yeah, this is what I want to do with it. the rest of my life. And awesome. so it, it became a, a really, really good fit for me. That's awesome. What are some of those things, Division One versus D3, that you yeah. that you like better? I think one of the, the big things is the, the model um, is, is drastically different in terms of contact with mm-hmm. the coaches. Hmm. So at Division One, um, I know you had Tyrese on earlier in the spring. Like He had to move back and take summer class and do summer workouts all summer. Yeah. Like they've mm-hmm. got a finite window where they get to go back home and, and be around family yep. and friends. Yep. What that means for a coach is, is that – if, if you have a student athlete on your campus, then you're there too. And yes. so I remember when I was at Tulane, I, my, one of my first times visiting my family up here in Nino's, I flew back for Christmas. I got in um, late on the 23rd and I had to fly out on the night of Christmas. Oh so my I was gosh. here for like 48 the hours. only gap you had open yep. to not, hmm. oh geez. And so it's, it's different. It's yeah. just different. Um, mm-hmm. And then from a, from a student athlete perspective, 
um, at Division One and even at Division Two, some when they've got fall and spring workouts where coaches can be in the gym with you, mm-hmm. um, those coaches are planning every detail of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Which at Division Three, uh, I haven't been in the gym with their guys. Um, I guess this year was different. We went on a foreign trip this year, which is another topic. But yep. um, you're, in your typical year, as soon as your last game's over, you can't be in the gym with your student athletes at Division Three until the, the first day of practice the next season. You cannot oh. be. Like, cannot. it's actually prohibited. Yep. Oh. So we finished national championship was, what, March 17th. If we hadn't gone on a foreign trip, um, I wouldn't have been in the gym with them at all until October 15th. Oh, so wow. what do you, for those six months, the program is truly in the hands of the student athlete. Yeah. You know, they have gotta, to be driven to yeah, it. They've got to be driven. They got to be motivated and they have a chance to develop some leadership skills, some hmm. communication skills, mm-hmm. the ability to hold each other accountable. So I think it just, yeah. you know, that, that's what I enjoyed at division three. Like I felt like it prepared me for what I wanted to do. Yeah. What, and if it had been insurance or whatever, I still would have been prepared for that. Yeah, because you have to be self-motivated, which is neat. I have a little experience with your team. A couple years ago, um, I was teaching some cycling classes at Jet, and Charlie Noon, (laughs) who I know, had reached out, and I taught the guys a cycling class at some point in the morning. So Charlie, who I think was a team captain at the time, and this was right before his senior year, I think, Um, or it might have been at the end of that yeah. run. Anyway, he had he, he made all these guys come in and take a cycling class. <laughs> that's with amazing, me. and that's the that's the cool thing because I've that's the first time I've ever heard of that. Like mm-hmm. you know, you just have guys that organize things and go and do things, and yeah, um, you truly do. You just you need some guys that can lead. Yeah, peers like you, well, and it's good that you're building those leaders because I think it'd be re- it's really easy. I'm sure as an athlete to get used to learning how to take direction oh, and. Yeah just perform to that coach's expectations versus like we were talking earlier with youth players having an internal chip that just yeah. wants to get better on yeah. your own and is self-motivated to do that. Well, so. and it is in many ways, it's much more real life yeah. <laughs> for anything. For sure. Unless those, unless the ones that happen to make it in the NBA, their, their life probably looks similarly, yeah. but most people, most D1 players are going into a regular job. And if their whole lives have been dictated, yeah, I can see the, yeah. I can see the downfall of that actually mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. And that's they they have to find their own own ways, no doubt, to develop the leadership side of things. Sure, but I right. think like ours is we're just it's kind of thrusted on kids. Yeah. And the programs that have success and those are the ones that have the right type of kids that that take ownership of it and, mm-hmm. and run with it. Yeah. So I'm yeah. I'm excited for October fifteenth when we start practice because I haven't seen our guys yeah. on the court. You know, we went to, to Spain in May and we yeah. got ten practices leading up to Spain. Okay. But that only happens every three years. Okay. Um, and our practices this year are kind of all over the place because you've got one of our guys is on the track team. So he didn't hardly oh, come wow. to any of them. Mm. You had a couple of guys that were injured. Then you have guys that were taking some classes that are off campus. And so, you, hmm. you know, you'd, it was more like small group stuff than it was actually practice. That was the practice leading up to Spain? Up to Spain. Okay. And so, I was going to say that stuff doesn't fly during basketball season, right? <laughs> in, in basketball season, they're, they're pretty locked into hoops. Okay. Um, yeah. But you still have, you have guys that, are going to flat out. I've got a, a senior that's going to miss class or miss uh, practice every Tuesday because yeah. he's got a class he's got to take to and graduate. There's yes. no other way to do it yeah. besides yeah. go take it. Well, they're not given in Division three. There's no scholarships. Correct. No athletic okay. scholarships. Ac- okay. Um, so the, there are academic aid and, and that sort of thing that you can compete for. Okay. Um, and, and depending on your school, there's more of that or less of that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no athletic money at okay. our level. Well, I like the um, Division three 
model for your personal life too. You sounds like totally. not that you're not going to continue to be working hard off season, but sounds like you're going to have more of bandwidth for a life outside of yeah. basketball too. And that's, that's one of the goals. Like, you know, now, right now, do I have the best work life balance? Um, I mean, I, I just said I got married on a Saturday and was back in the office right. at 8 a.m. Uh-huh. on a Monday. Right. So, still trying to sort that out yeah, but sure. it's it's um there is there is more of it like you you can do things that are level the way you, you view they should be done in terms of like building a program like you know yeah. pat um did an awesome job you know the six years i was with him as the assistant like he he built this thing the way he wanted it built mm-hmm. and at, at a couple levels up mm-hmm. if it doesn't get done in the first three four years totally. you may be you may be gone You're, whereas yeah. this level you can build how you want to build yeah mm-hmm. um and and if it doesn't work out every single year you're not going to get fired as long as you got great kids and you're doing it the right way right yeah um now i'm extremely competitive and i want it to go right sure. every single year <laughs> yeah but um i'm sure as, as i get older and i figure out you know we've got you know we'll have kids and do that sort of thing uh, i'll be able to find a better balance um, yeah. but right now when i don't have anything else yeah i kind of just throw myself it. into it well i'm so. kind of interested to talk i have a couple of questions one regarding recruitment and yeah, then one too. also that i think would be interesting to ask um so you were on you were assistant coach under pat pat yeah. got hired to do what is he he, he went to washington university in st louis, or in st. louis. everybody okay. just calls it wash you head so. coach yep head coach what division division three so that's three okay same level okay huh. Um, and that was after you guys made it to the championship championship, yep. but lost that one. Yeah, we lost. That was 2018. Okay. Uh, lost. It was tie game with two and a half minutes left. And then we just Dang, didn't, uh, that weren't was able to close game. it out. So, okay. So he got that job. You, was it a, sh- were you a shoe in? Did you have to interview? Um, so it was, it was a kind of an interesting few weeks. The, uh, state system, right? Hurdles mm-hmm. and hoops yeah. and everything you got to jump through. And so there was a little limbo as to what we were going to be able to do. Okay. Um, Daryl Sims is the athletic director at UB Oshkosh. And mm-hmm. so he was trying to figure out, you know, what was he going to be allowed to do? Were they going to, you know, make us go through a full interview process? Yeah. Um, you know, there's things called emergency hires, interim mm-hmm. coaches. What, what was it going to be? Mm-hmm. And so um, he came to me and just said, Hey, I want to make you the interim coach. And I said, well, let's absolutely, let's do it. Okay. Um, but then timing wise is we kind of figured that out, you know, in, in late spring, you know, April, May, somewhere in there. And then I had a, a trip planned with my uh, fiance at the time to go to Europe for two weeks. And we mm-hmm. went and we were in Paris, Prague, um, Berlin, Krakow, and we were oh all gosh, over the place amazing. for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And by that point, I still didn't have the official job offer from Oshkosh. I knew it was coming, but okay. yeah. like, they go through an online system and everything's got to be submitted. And then you have to get an email asking if you want the job, even though you've said you want the job. Yeah, yeah. Right. And so I was standing in the Eiffel Tower when I received the email uh, that says, do you want to accept the interim coaching role? And so I got to click accept while yeah. I was in the Eiffel Tower. Oh, How that's cool pretty that? cool. That's awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. And who's like, is there committees that have to decide that stuff? Or is that a Daryl... Since the the interim coach was just a, a Daryl thing, okay. but then okay. the then it's any position on a, a sure. state campus on a UW system campus. If, if you become the full or... yeah, if you become the full time spot, then yes, it's posted. They have a search committee, they have a screen, and then yeah. you go through a full interview process. So I I did that full interview process this past spring. Okay. After we won the after championship. after we won the championship. So, so the whole oh, so year, the whole year. I was interim the whole year. Okay. Um, football. The the offensive coordinator is is a, a good friend and. 
he would jokingly call me the the intramural head coach. The whole <laughs> year, so. That's awesome. So is, do you think, um, sorry, go ahead, Em. No, just really quick. Is Coach Cerrone still the football coach? Yeah, Pat yeah. is. Yeah, he's he was my brother's awesome. high school football coach. No way. Really? A, a little while ago. <laughs> yeah, right? He's a good guy. Yeah, they've our, done an awesome job with the football program. Right. So that's been pretty great. That's our neat. football program and our basketball program have been really successful yeah. lately. That's cool. It's fun. Yeah. So you step into this head coach role. I'm just curious what it was like for the players. And Matt and Emily and I talked a little bit about the fact that Matt's pretty young himself for this role. And so sometimes Mm -hmm. even looks like he could be a player himself still. But what was it like going from an assistant to a head coach in terms of did the players, was there respect issues? Was there authority? Like... How did that shake out? There, there weren't really, um, and I've had that question a decent amount this, you know, this spring. Of, mm-hmm. Like, how did you manage this year? And you know, it really is the guys kind of allowed it to be the way it was. Mm-hmm. Um, we were fortunate; we've had a lot of um, really good leaders. When we were talking about just the Division Three model, and um, you know, Charlie Noon graduated, but like as as he was graduating, this transition was occurring, and, and Charlie was very supportive of, as he was going out the door into the real world. And mm-hmm. then you had. You know, Ben Boots and Brett Wichow are two local guys. Ben's yeah. from Kimberly, Brett's from uh, Rosendale. Yeah. And those guys, as soon as Daryl said, yep, Matt's the, the interim, he's the head coach, those two were, were completely supportive and on board. Mm-hmm. And awesome. they, were, they were the captains, the leaders. Everybody looked to them. So as yeah. soon as they said, yep, this is what we're doing, yeah. everybody else just went with it. And That's so there, awesome. Perfect. There wasn't, you know, there wasn't ever really an issue. And yeah. um, I think it was those guys allowing it to be that way. Probably the biggest change in terms of like going from assistant to a head coach, apart from some of the, the you know, day-to-day things you got to mm-hmm. do differently, is like the, the conversations have to change with your players. Like, okay. You know, as the assistant, you go out and you recruit them and you become friends with these guys. And while they're at Oshkosh and, you know, I was the assistant for six years, you're, yeah, there's a, there's a level of respect and you're coaching these guys, but you're also kind of a confidant at times. Like, ah. you know, if they need to discuss something that right. they don't want to go to the head coach for, they go and see the assistant. And mm-hmm. so you, sometimes you're in conversations that, you know, just don't occur when you're the head coach. Okay. And so I, I had to establish early was guys, our relationship still is, is deep and meaningful, but I'm not going to be able to have some of these conversations or I'm going to have mm-hmm. to have tougher ones with you mm-hmm. um, than I had to have as the yeah. assistant. Because these are guys you probably even recruited, right? So yep. you were in the recruiting, you were their buddy, and all of a sudden you're shift of job yeah so that's true and i've heard from people who are in the basketball community in oshkosh that you're known for being a really strong recruiter so yeah, i'd pay all those people to say that right so. right <laughs> but i'm guessing that's a piece that you like yeah i do um it, it, you know, our level when i can't be in the gym for for six months out of the year well what yeah. do you do and uh yeah. i do love to golf but <laughs> um like my that's passion good. and the way i can stay competitive in the off season is to go out and recruit and yeah and my mind is kind of all over the place. Like I, I try and get extremely creative with it and, and do some different things. And unfortunately, last year uh, when I switched to the, the head coaching position, I was able to hire one of my college teammates as the assistant. That's and, awesome. Um, and he'd been a high school coach for nine years, so I knew mm. he knew the basketball side of things. Yeah. He'd never recruited, but oh, yeah. like you, you threw him in a room and he could talk to anybody. Okay. And that's kind of like you have to, in order to be a successful recruiter, totally. you've just got to be able to talk to somebody right. and be genuine and open and honest mm-hmm. and develop a relationship. Yes. And so he's really good at that. Um, and so we, we do. We throw a lot into the recruiting piece, but you need yeah. – 
you need really good players. You need really good kids yeah, in order yeah. to win at the level we want to win at. Yep. So talk about how do you how do you balance? I would imagine you're looking for really good basketball skills, but you're also looking for character yeah. and leadership. And like, how do you how do you know that stuff? Is you're just you're probably just watching game film to start, right? Yeah. And how do you hear about those yeah. kids yeah. that have those qual- qualities? Yeah. It's it's a variety of ways. Um, you know, kids that something's been huge for us, um, has been from, from day one, 2012, and it just keeps getting more and more magnified is we want the best kids, best local kids we can find. And okay. so we've got this thing called win local. Okay. Um, and, and we have had some very that. talented kids from our area, mm-hmm. the, the Fox Valley, the FVA obviously is a great conference, but even mm-hmm. the, the surrounding schools, you know, we've got Laconia kids that are very talented. We've got, mm. you know, kids from, from hour, hour and a half West, Northwest that are very talented. Mm-hmm. And so, um, when you when it's more local, you're able to find out about those kids at a younger age. Sure. Yes. Um, so you're not just kind of searching through random lists all the time. Like okay. you know, okay, this kid when he gets to spring of his junior year, and we can start recruiting him. Mm-hmm. That kid's a kid we need to go after. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, some of those kids you've you've met because they've been to a camp or they've been to team camp. Or right. Sure. They've been on campus. They've had a, a sibling go to Oshkosh. What mm-hmm. have you? Um, the kids that are a little more out of our area. Those kids you usually find like you, you dive through you know recruiting lists that, that are put together by um, different services you pay for. Yeah. Then you check out some film. You talk to high school coaches. You go and you watch them play with their AAU team. Mm-hmm. Uh, do mm-hmm. some of those different things. Mm-hmm. But for us, it's all like yeah, the basketball thing that opens our eyes and gets you on our radar. Like you have to be able to play right, and right. help us win a national championship. Yep. Um, but then we start doing some deep dives on like the, mm. you mentioned the character piece. Like yeah. we do not compromise on, on character. Like you have to be a high character kid. And yep. if you're not, see you later, we'll find another one. Like yeah. we're yeah. just not going to mess with a low character guy. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, and it really, it boiled down to us um, the last few years. And, and it's one of the things that I added to, you know, kind of on the forefront of our program last spring when I took over was, we had this quote that was um, always like a quote of the day in practice or something we just kind of randomly talked about from time to time. Yeah. Instead, I, I put it on the front of like, this is Oshkosh basketball and mm. it's good teams have good players, great teams have great teammates. Mm-hmm. And ah. so we're in the recruiting process. Can you play? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, now are you a great teammate? Yeah. And yes. everything that goes into a great teammate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do a lot of homework to make sure that kids fit that. Yeah, and I is love it just, that. I do too. Is it just you and your assistant doing that together? Yeah, well, fortunately, yeah. we've we've got a good group. We've got um, so Casey Corn's my assistant coach okay. now. Um, last year, we had a couple different guys. They've gotten new jobs, great opportunities, and so they went um, went into those this spring. Mm-hmm. Um, we just hired another assistant um, guy that we uh, the state doesn't pay for him, so we fundraise okay. and we we run camps and everything to, to oh. make it work for him financially. Hmm. He just moved up here in August. Uh, okay. Peter Taus is his name. He's from Illinois. Cool. Um, so he's learning Wisconsin. You know, he, yeah. yes. You know, Fond du Lac is Fondy. You don't have to say Fond du Lac <laughs> yeah, yeah. every time. Like that. Some of the basic stuff, right? That's totally. I remember learning that seven years ago. Yeah. But, um, so Peter's living with me in Appleton till his lease starts. So oh, geez, you mentioned awesome. you know oh. your your wife having to carry yes. a little bit. She let me. <laughs> she has a roommate yeah. now too. <laughs> Three weeks prior to our wedding, she lets me move a twenty five year old kid she in from Chicago. She sounds like a keeper, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, and then we've got one other assistant that's been with us since the beginning in 2012. Hmm. Um, Greg Yonke, who's um, he's a retired teacher. He taught at uh, Ron Colley in Manitowoc for 40 years. Hmm. Um, some people in Oshkosh may know him because he substitutes at Lourdes quite a bit. Okay, um, awesome guy. He's he's phenomenal. Even though he's you know, he's hmm. in his mid 60s. He somehow relates to, to 17, yeah. 18 year olds and develops a connection. So he goes out 
and he watches a ton of high school games mm, and interacts cool. with kids and, and he's really good at the recruiting piece. Are you awesome. currently like, do you watch the local sports yourself? Are you looking at the newspapers to see which kids' names are? Yeah. Hitting? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We, um, you know, last year we recruited, uh, they're on our team right now, but, uh, Will Mahoney's from Appleton West. Okay. Mm. Uh, Levi Borchert is from Kimberly. Cool. Um, and then Nick Otto's from Xavier. Mm-hmm. So three kids, you know, in, in our backyard. Yeah. And so I was going to, to high school games, you know, in our area at least twice a week, every Tuesday, Friday. Okay. Um, but then we just keep kind of a, a pulse on, on what's going on. Yeah. You know, the, the younger kids, the freshmen, sophomores, juniors, what have you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we, we just try and have a, an idea of, okay, you know, next spring, who are the local kids we absolutely have to go after. Right. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're just constantly trying to watch and keep our eyes open. So yeah. is that you, it, it, this spring, this coming spring, would you be talking to the juniors or the seniors? Um, in, so in spring of 2020, we'll be talking to the kids that are juniors in high school. They yeah. would graduate spring of 21 yes. from high school. Okay. To say, so, hey, here's what here's why you need to come here. Yep. Okay. Yeah, so that's... Um, you go out in April and May, there are these things called live periods mm-hmm. um, in the recruiting, and that's all dictated by Division One, Division Two, okay. Division Three. we have no real rules in terms of like when we can go out and evaluate. Yeah. Like you can go almost any time you want, which is part of the issue with when you're trying to find your balances. Yes. Every night of the week, yeah. all summer long, you know, even right now in the fall, like I could go watch high school workouts right. and fall leagues. And like you just, at yeah. some point, you got to shut yourself off. Totally. But in the spring, you go to AAU events. In June, you go to high school shootouts and, and okay. leagues. July, yeah. AAU. Then August, September is all about getting kids to campus if they haven't been to campus already. Okay. So going in, they're going into their senior year. You'll be like, come visit, be yep. here. Yeah, that yep. makes sense. I bet it's kind of fun. Is there a little bit of a swagger for you guys when you're like, because the program has been so successful in the last couple of years? Mm-hmm. So kids who maybe wouldn't have even had it on their radar it probably feels different now. I don't know. Is that true? Yeah. Like, does it feel, cause you guys are champions. Yeah. It's uh, mm-hmm. still didn't sound right when you say it like that. Um, <laughs> yeah. But the, you know, we, we've, we've had a vision since it, Pat established it. And I, I was fortunate to be with them, you know, as we're going through it, it was yeah. we, we yeah. wanted to be the elite program in the WEAC and we wanted to compete for national championships. Okay. And so, you know, we've come a long way since 2012. We, we were, um, not very good. I know some of the guys are here just prior to us taking over, and there are some really good players at UW Oshkosh in the late 2000s, 2010 to 12. It just, it, for some reason, it did not work out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've we've come a long way since then, and unfortunately, we we're able to get some very talented kids to buy into the vision. Yeah. And so people have asked now, like, all right, so you, you lost in 18, you won in 19. Um, recruiting's easier, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's what they just assume. I said, well. It's not easier from the standpoint, if you want the kids that are going to help you win the next one, then you've got to go out and battle for those kids still. Totally. Mm-hmm. Now, nice thing is, is when you pick up the phone or, or you, you see a kid at a shootout and you're talking to them for the first time, mm-hmm. kids are much more receptive when you're wearing a national championship shirt on. Totally. Like, let's go win another one of these. <laughs> right. Kids are interested. Yeah. Right. But now we're competing a lot against division twos, like kids that are getting athletic sure. scholarship money. Yes. Um, so now you've got to convince a kid, come to, come to Oshkosh pay versus going for potentially free out of state good point so is it happen that d3 kids make pros or no not really Um, there are kids that go and play professionally overseas oh Um, yeah so one of our guys that just graduated uh ben boots had an offer to go play in brazil Mm -hmm. um and he didn't want to do it he's got 
he was a Dean's List kid and, and he's a finance guy. And mm-hmm. so he's got some great opportunities. Yeah. Um, he just wants to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brett Wichow, kid from uh, Laconia High School. Uh, he has an, an agent based out of Poland right now. Hmm. And so he's had some people, wow. some interest, but he hasn't gotten a deal yet overseas. Okay. Um, so he's still pursuing it. Yeah. Um, I think we've got some guys in our program um, the next couple of years that could go overseas and play if they wanted to. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you can, you know, it's obviously varying levels over there. There are the guys that make millions playing professionally overseas. And yeah. there are guys that make enough to get by. Right. Um, and, and I think we got some guys that could make a little bit of a career out of it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so unique experience if you have the opportunity. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Very cool. Well, it's so fun. And I, I have to tell you that I've always been impressed with the camps you've run. And that's been just mm. in the last four or five years that my son's been playing basketball. So I, I think it's really cool. And I think we're a really lucky community to have oh, yeah. a program like this around here and one that's so big on community outreach and um, building up these young players. I think it's awesome. Oh. Yeah, very cool. Well, that's so my one of the things I loved at, at the Division three school, I went I was in a, a small town, Mount Vernon, about 5000 people and Cornell is a tiny school. And mm-hmm. so the school and the community were one in the same, you know, the, the professors, yeah. the people that worked on campus yeah. were, were living in that community, their kids were going to that school. Mm-hmm. Um, and Oshkosh is similar, even though you, you know, like I, I don't live in Oshkosh, I live in Appleton, but right. Just the valley and the way the Oshkosh is a part of the valley is yes. similar to the way Cornell was part of Mount Vernon. And yeah. So I remember when I was a, a fourth year kid at, at Cornell, my I was a, a tour guide, and the, mm-hmm. one of the uh, people at admissions at Cornell, she had a, a young uh, son that they had adopted, and he, um, you know, he was he was foreign and in a small town in Mount Vernon, there wasn't a ton of that, and yep, so he yeah. was as a third grader. He's trying to find his way. Mm-hmm. You know, it's simple things like how do I fit in at recess? Yeah. And so there was this program called Lunch Buddies, and, okay. and it was one of the the most fun things I got to do in, in mm-hmm. college. And I'd go down um, once a week, and I'd eat lunch, and then hang out at recess with this kid. Yeah. Um, and and Chris was his name, and. Uh, usually you go, you know, one year you hang out with a third grader, the next year they give you a new third grader right. and they allowed me to continue on with that kid. So I got to spend two years with him. Cool. Um, and now he's, you know, he's, he's just graduating, he's going to college. And mm, so it's kind of a cool awesome. thing. Crazy that he's that old already. But Isn't that, yeah. doesn't that um, make you feel old? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think there's like, you know, they ask you a lot and they track you a lot, like community service hours. How many hours are yeah. you doing in the community? Mm-hmm. Which, you know, yeah, big picture. Like, are you, you know, is the whole team going and, and doing things at the Boys and Girls Club? Are mm-hmm. you going and are, are you setting up for fundraisers? We do that sort of stuff. We help with Special Olympics. But, yeah. like, there's still a powerful impact. Like, if you can just impact one little kid oh, totally. or one person, mm-hmm. you can't track that in terms of community service hours. Right. But, like, if our guy, you know, if, if one of them goes to the YMCA on a random night, and, and bumps into a kid and that kid looks up to him and yep. that kid starts coming to games and they, mm-hmm. they're in contact and like that that's an impact for um, sure and so totally. i just want our guys to to do some of that absolutely just to yeah. be aware of those small experiences yeah. that can really mean a lot for yeah. sure so what's the what's yeah. the 10 year goal that's what i was saying and we'll, we'll and close on that uh, um both personally and professionally <laughs> yeah um well, they're tied. Vacation. I, I would personally and professionally, I want to travel a lot from the vacation standpoint. Yeah. Okay. Um, we've got a honeymoon next May. Oh, good. Uh, we're going to Portugal and then awesome. our team goes on foreign trips every three years. So in 2022, we're going to go to Prague and Budapest. You already oh, have cool. that planned um, out. Yep. That's okay. the, we're just going to make it happen. Okay. And, awesome. um, good. So I don't, it, 
the the personal and professional thing like i i left i resigned to lane i walked in i stuck my resignation on the desk and and i left and mm-hmm. uh, not many people do that division one they yeah i had coaching friends and stuff that called me crazy for doing it sure but when i did it i was like i'm gonna go back and do something that allows me to be close to my family mm-hmm. and so i i just stumbled into this oshkosh you know mm-hmm. you fast forward from 12 to to now and i've got you know my, my wife and i own a house in appleton wife's mom uh, lives in Appleton now. She moved up from Florida. Cool. Um, my brother-in-law moved up for, here from Florida. Um, he's got a, a son, so I've got a nephew up here. My mom, dad, brother, sister-in-law, nieces, they wow. all live in Nina. And so it's, it's like, important. what do you want to do in 10 years? Um, I'm not 100% sure. Like mm-hmm. I, It's hard to like say, here's what I'm going to do or here's where I'm going to be because mm-hmm. what I've got right now has turned into an unbelievable thing. Something so, pretty awesome, yeah. Um, that's, and pretty I, cool that it happened at this, and unique maybe, that you found this job that you are so excited about because mm-hmm. you're how old now? 32. You're 32. Yeah. So, so And to be so successful so young feels kind right. of crazy. Yeah, knock on some wood. Yeah, um, yeah. I know. I hope you can stay in this position for <laughs> as long as you want, yeah. you know? And that's what I just, people have asked, you know, like when we won, all right, who, who offered you jobs? Who called you? Yeah. Nobody called, hmm. and I didn't apply for anything. Like, mm-hmm. I... I wanted the job I was currently in, yeah. and, and mm-hmm. so we're, I'm, my goal is to, and that's, my wife got on me in January, because we were in the middle of winning 21 games in a row, yeah. and we were number two in the country, and I'd, I'd complain about something small, and she's like, you got to realize how good you got it, mm-hmm. and so she told me just to enjoy it, and so now at the yeah. the top, my I'm a to-do list on my phone, I do the notes app, yeah. I just keep it very simple, and it says to-do, and then the first one is enjoy it, and wow. so I'm just, I just want to enjoy what we're doing, Absolutely. And, and see where totally. it goes. Yeah. That's awesome. So, I think oftentimes that brings more success, doesn't it? You know, when we're happy and we're a little bit more chill. Yeah. Yeah. And it, there's something it, to be said for being natural. content, yeah. right? It's not always about the next know, thing pushing and the thing. next no. great thing. Yeah. So you've got a good thing right now. So yeah. awesome. So good to talk to you yeah. and get to know yeah. you a yeah. little bit. And we'll be cheering on the Titans yep. this winter Can't wait for, for sure. Games. So. Awesome. We'd love to have anybody and everybody. Absolutely. So. Awesome. Matt, thanks so much. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Matt, for a super fun interview. Honestly, what a cool guy and really fun that we have national champions in our backyard. I'm for sure going to some games this year. Um, Hey, thanks for listening in. Find us on Facebook and Instagram. And even better, would you leave us a review on iTunes podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts? It helps people find us and more people get to hear these really fun stories. So we love you, friends. Thanks again for listening.